All right, welcome back. Locked on Syracuse today. Tim Leonard and Tyler Rocky with you as always. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And going to be kind of a recruiting heavy show today, Ty, because basketball recruiting has been buzzing lately, especially in the 2021 class. We're starting to finally see some seeds planted there and some guys that Syracuse offered recently. And they're kind of spreading out regionally more so than, than what we've seen in the past here by offering Arthur Kaluma and Ashton Smith, the guy from Arizona and a guy from Texas. Yeah, something we haven't really seen a lot of. I mean, you think about your Syracuse recruiting hotbeds, and it's natural that you're looking in, of course, the state of New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Like, those are the areas, and those are good areas to go after. I mean, you think about some of the best recruits Syracuse has brought in. They're all from those areas. But it's not a bad thing, too, to venture off. And they haven't done a lot of the the outside the Northeast region stuff. I mean, Robert Braswell, I guess, is is from um, is from South Carolina, so that's yeah. kind of the most adventurous. And then, of course, there have been grad transfers. Like you think of John Gillen; he's from Texas. So it's not like they aren't doing that, but I feel like transfers are kind of a different ball game in that regard. Right. Yeah, and I like to see it. I mean, it's clearly they need to sort of switch it up a little bit recruiting wise and it seems like they keep attacking the center slash forward position and they're trying to get those bigs back to what we've seen in the past and I remember you know I was chatting with the Seattle head coach this past year and just whenever you talk to head coaches that have played Syracuse it's fascinating because someone like that who's a non-conference coach he basically said like yeah I mean Syracuse just doesn't have the bigs they used to like that's what it comes down to like in the two three zone you don't see as many of those bigs that are as intimidating as it used to be and i know that's been being to death around the syracuse community but it's nice to know that other coaches and other observers also believe that and it's good to see that they're sort of targeting that position as for who these guys are arthur coloma we can start with him he's not necessarily a big big i mean he's basically a small forward at six seven two hundred pounds Again, 2021 class, but he's a pretty highly ranked guy. 57th nationally right now on Rivals.com, and his rating's been going up recently. And he's got a couple of solid offers here, Texas A&M, Texas Tech with Chris Beard, Oklahoma State, and SMU are some of these that are listed on Rivals.com. And, of course, Syracuse has thrown their name in the ring there, and this is the guy from Glendale, Arizona. So, on the other side of the country, on the other side of the nation, really, but a 2021 guy that maybe you have a better shot at getting because, you know, Dior Johnson is potentially coming in 2022. Right, and that's when you start to... I mean, Dior Johnson, not that Syracuse isn't some sort of national brand, but the brand's definitely dropped off in in recent years, I think. And, And that's, I think, a fair statement to say because when you look at everything that that happens with the Syracuse team. You're looking at a bubble team. I mean, that is what these uh, recruits know Syracuse as in terms of a college as they are a bubble basketball team. A lot of them, I mean, as crazy as it is for some SU fans to think, but when was the last really, really dominant team that these guys saw? Like 2013, 2014? Yeah. And how old is a guy like that during that time? I mean... Arthur Kaluma is a, a class of 2021 high schooler. So seven he years ago, he, he was yeah. 11, right? 
And, I mean, look at the way that the game has changed since 2013-2014. One and done's much more prevalent. The, the rise of Kentucky back to, to being this powerhouse. You've got Duke becoming this one-and-done powerhouse. I mean, it, it's tough to take your eyes off the Carolina Baby Blues as well. <laughs> Kansas, I mean, Syracuse has dropped a little bit. So yeah. starting to get back into it a little bit. And, and I mean there have been good teams this is not to say that there have not been good teams but there haven't been dominant teams that of Syracuse that these kids have seen yeah I mean he probably remembers the 2016 final four run maybe he watched a little bit of the Michigan State upset or something like that but someone from Arizona you know he knows the Syracuse brand name if you know college basketball yeah you know Bayheim, you know Carmelo yeah like you know it but to your point, Dior Johnson, when he committed, he said, I'm not trying to join a blue blood. And I don't think he was just saying that because Syracuse is orange. He basically said, I want to bring Syracuse <laughs> yeah. basketball back. So, and he said he's going to bring other guys with them. And Kaluma, maybe, although he's not in the 2022 class, could potentially fall into that category as someone that you could add because he's a small forward that can do a little bit of everything for you. It seems like he's a pretty good offensive rebounder, good athlete, got a solid jump shot. And from watching his highlight tape, just seems like he's a good all-around scorer. And, you know, I can't really think of a total comparison to another player because I guess this is a little bit young in his process here in 2021, and there's not a ton out there on him. But he feels like a guy down the road that you give the ball to, and he's a playmaker for Syracuse at the small forward position. And honestly, even though he's not center, which is the main area, it's just good to get a talented prospect because they haven't had really anyone as rated as highly as Kaluma since Tyus Battle. Right. And with Kaluma, the the other thing that you get with him, when, when you're looking at a guy who can play the four for you, this is a position that Syracuse is going to have to retool because you look at the the power forwards that have come through the program. Okay, Robert Braswell hasn't done a ton for you. Granted, a lot of that is just the fact that doesn't he hasn't had the opportunity quite yet, and, and the injuries have held him back a little bit. Woody Newton, I guess, is the one that that's in the pipeline right now. But outside of that, that power forward position is been pretty is going to be depleted over these next couple of years. I know we've seen Quincy in it a little bit, but again, all it takes is one season now for him to go off and. Maybe, and then he ends up like O'Shea Brissett, and he ends up leaving out of one good season. Um, but you could also see, in another regard, too, like you're going to lose Dolajai this year as well. So this is a, a position that is definitely of need right now for Syracuse. Yeah. yeah, and center is too. So let's dive into the next guy right after this short break. Ashton Smith is the center that Syracuse is after. This is the guy from Texas. We'll tell you all about him and maybe a potential Barama Sidibe replacement in the 2021 class. That's next. All right, so Syracuse hot on the 2021 basketball recruiting trail. And the next guy to talk about, Ashton Smith, is more of a center type of prospect, a little bit more weight to him than Kaluma. 6'9", still a little bit slender, but again, in this 2021 class, and this is the guy from Texas, Kaluma plays his high school basketball in Texas as well. We kind of failed to mention that in the first segment, and that's why you saw a lot of Kaluma's offers were Texas-based. For Ashton Smith, he's got a Houston offer, 
and he's just recently getting some more notable offers. Syracuse came in, Seton Hall came in, so it immediately made me think of our uh, buddy James Zuba, who was on this podcast, because he's got Syracuse and (laughs) Seton Hall as his two big offers, so shout out to James if he is listening, but I, I like this guy. I don't think he's as highly recruited or highly touted as Kaluma and maybe wouldn't be considered as good of a get, but he has potential to one day play the anchor position, I think, if he adds some height and some weight. And here's the thing that's going to be so difficult now with this 2021 cycle is the fact that, again, you're going to be taking a lot of flyers, it's going to feel like, because you don't get that that AAU circuit this summer, yeah. right? So it's going to be tough for a lot of these schools to recruit. So you got to really have this strong base of trusted high school coaches, and you got to really trust your assistant coaches as well that they have established good relationships along the way. And by all intents and purposes, it feels like Syracuse has definitely done that. But now you're going to see what what kind of well, I mean, every every school is going to be going up against it too. Yeah. Because everyone's dealing with the same problems here. But it's going to be interesting to see what these 2021 classes shape up to be with every single school. Right. And I think, first and foremost, 2021 class, there's no denying that they need to get a power forward or a center or another big. Because you're losing Dolajai and Sidibe next season. Unless, who knows, maybe there's an injury in a red shirt, but we can't plan for that, of course. So... You're losing. You're planning for them to be gone. Right. You're planning for them to be gone, and that's basically your two starting bigs. Maybe Quincy comes back, and that's another guy to have in the fold, but he's not really an anchor. So then it becomes John Bolajac and Jesse Edwards as the anchors. And by that point, they should be in a position to make a pretty good impact, and you should feel pretty good about them, especially considering, like, it's their third season with the program at that point for both those guys, even though uh, John Bold did not play in his freshman season, of course, and he redshirted. Mm-hmm. Still, anyway, I think Ashton Smith is the type of guy you need to add in this 2021 class because while Jesse Edwards and John Bolzak have potential, it'd be nice to just get some more skill at the center position because you know you're losing two potential anchors in Dolajai and Sidibe. If for nothing else, too, just provide your team with a little bit of depth because Smith is a guy who, again, he's not very... Like, there isn't a lot of intel on him out there right now because he's not ranked by a lot of these recruiting services. So who knows? Is he some hidden gem that Syracuse has gotten some sort of tip on or they think he really fits into the, the zone well? I mean, based on highlights and stuff like that, He's got the wingspan, which is always a a huge plus for a Syracuse team, and he can move, too. So that that could all be a a certain plus for this team. The offensive game, we we really don't know much about, but again, it's it's all about finding these little fits now in this 2021 class, because it's not going to be perfect for anybody. Yeah, and I will say, digging through his highlight tape, you can tell he's a very good rebounder, and he, he definitely attacks the boards very nicely. And I didn't get the sense that this was someone who's, like, I thought he should have better offers than uh, he does right now. And again, it's early in the process for this guy. So if Syracuse was kind of the first major offer that has to help them 
down the road if someone like Ashton Smith does continue to rise in the rankings. And it's, right. it's tough because, like, on one hand, you maybe want to get someone a little bit better, and the benefit of offering right away is then maybe that would lead to a visit, and then, like, Syracuse is right in the front of his mind, and maybe you catch him kind of in that honeymoon phase, for lack of a better term, of, oh, I'm just getting into this visit stuff, and Syracuse is this big-name school that I've fallen in love with because they're my first one, and then that maybe leads to an early commitment like we got from Bryson Goodheim. But you can't really parlay this into a visit at this stage right now because of where the world's at, which kind of stinks. Right. It's all about relationships at this point. And the thing with him is I I think he does fit pretty well. And who knows, maybe he is a late bloomer because he's six foot eight with a seven, six wingspan. Okay. That's all according to his huddle profile. Right. (laughs) You watch some of his, his dunks too. Cause okay. Think about when someone dunks a basketball, it, the arms go up and it, it it looks natural with him the arms go up and then they just don't stop going up like that wingspan on his body is unbelievable and it, it also translates as well to his rebounding when you watch it too so it, it's pretty impressive and who knows maybe he grows another inch or two and turns himself into a, a more true form center but this is a guy that could definitely be a force for you and, and if you're getting into the process early that's huge yeah And I know we've talked a lot about the 2022 class and how that has the makings to be a great class, but because Dior has signed in 2022 and that's looking optimistic, it almost puts like a little more emphasis on making sure 2021 is also a solid class so that you get to reap the rewards when Dior comes. You don't want, if Dior does come, of course, and this latest G League stuff has maybe even lowered my expectations on that a little bit more, but you don't want Dior to come and maybe Chance Westry to come and they don't have a big man or Jesse Edwards hasn't developed and they just don't have any scores. But if you could add Kaluma and maybe another player like an Ashton Smith, and then they have a year under their belt. And, you know, I, I just think it's all obviously important to make sure you hit on that 2022 class, but let's not just throw away 2021 and think, oh, it's okay because we got 2022 coming. In order to maximize 2022, you gotta have a solid recruiting class in 2021 too. Right, and Syracuse fans can't just expect 2022 to come and boom, the, some switch is gonna flip. The reason why it works for Cal and it works for K is because they have experience with having to retool a new team every year. Beheim doesn't necessarily have that. He's used to a little bit of continuity within his program. So it's going to be a transition, and it'd be nice to have some continuity along with a loaded class. It's that happy medium of it. Right. All right, well, we will continue to monitor those recruits. Shifting gears now to the NFL Draft, we're doing a player profile series all throughout the week on Locked on Syracuse. Next up, Tristan Jackson. Where will he get drafted this year for Syracuse? What are NFL scouts saying about him and a whole lot more. That's next. Okay, next up in our NFL Draft Player Profile Series here on Locked on Syracuse, we're going through all the four guys that are in the NFL Draft discussion ahead of the Thursday draft. Today is Tristan Jackson, the wide receiver at Syracuse. Over 1,000 yards this past year. I almost, like, stop and hesitate because... 
it was kind of sneaky yeah. given that Syracuse the was 11 touchdowns quiet. yeah he had a great year yeah. statistically and it's not a knock on the off I mean I guess it sort of is but it's the offensive line was right. so bad this season that it's almost like okay <laughs> how do you get these sort of results when your quarterback has two seconds to throw yeah well, he and Tommy DeVito definitely had a great rapport, and they were very good friends off the field as well. That was well-documented. And his 11 touchdowns, it was almost like every time DeVito threw a passing touchdown, either it was Aaron Hackett in a couple games or it was Tristan Jackson. I think Taj Harris maybe had a couple. He had a couple from Clayton Welch, too. But you felt like Nikeem Johnson and some other guys would have more catches. It turned out Tristan Jackson was the guy, and there's been – kind of a guy at the wide receiver position in Dino's system basically every single year. I think we can say right. that definitively. Ambed Atawo, who's obviously had some time in the NFL. Jamal Custis has had some time in the NFL. Steve Ishmael and Tristan Jackson now falls in that category. A little bit different, I'd say. I think Custis and Ishmael had more of the NFL build. That's kind of the knock right. on Jackson. 6'1", 197. I think scouts will question his route running a little bit, but he's quick, 4-5-40, which is pretty crazy comparing him to Syracuse's recent recruit who we talked about yesterday, and Josh Huff. That's the same 40-yard dash he yeah. had and a completely different build, and that shows you how fast Huff is. But, you know, he was great this past season. I maybe was a little bit surprised that he decided to go to the draft, but the more I think about it, probably a good time for him because it does look like he's going to get drafted i think in either the sixth seventh round somewhere in that range right so dane brugler puts out the beast on the athletic his sort of scouting report on him the grade he gives him fifth to sixth round and that feels about right i mean receivers are always strange too it's again there's a lot of receivers that enter every single draft it's a, a primary position that you want to invest in at a certain point and it just kind of depends how much do teams like a guy and if a team really likes Jackson who knows maybe he jumps his way into the fourth but again fifth and sixth round kind of feels right for a guy like Tristan Jackson the the big knock on him according to Brugler is his route running and basically he has to expand his palette on the the different routes that he can show he can run but to that I almost counter you with there isn't a lot, especially since he only had the one season with Syracuse, there isn't a lot that we necessarily know about him because, like I mentioned, the offensive line is, was very suspect. And when that happens, you don't have time to showcase all the different routes you can run. You, you have probably just a handful of them, and you have to work off of that. It's going to be a lot of shorter stuff. And I think Jackson, he can show that not necessarily he's a a go-up-and-get-it guy because I think that's something that he actually can work on is going up and high-pointing the ball and stuff like that. But he can run a deeper route, and maybe we didn't see as much of that because he had those 1,023 yards this past season. A lot of it was yards after the catch, too. He is he's great in space and yeah, the screen is yak. certainly something yeah the the screen is something that can certainly help him the slants over the middle and getting extra yards that way so I think there is or at least there's potential that there can be extra routes in his in his arsenal 
but we might not be able to see that right away because of the fact that, again, he didn't play a lot no. in college. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had the full season at Syracuse, but outside of that, the the 10 games at Michigan State where he really didn't see the field in 2017, nine games at Michigan State, doesn't really see the field there or at least showcase what he can do. Sure. But he was a four-star recruit out of high school. There yep. is talent, obviously, there. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's definitely a talented prospect, and you know it was interesting reading through some of those notes from Brugler, and one that kind of stood out to me was he said something to the effect of reports indicate he left Michigan State because of a highly disciplinary culture, and maybe that, I mean, maybe there is some truth to that, but I think that is something that, you know, we were talking about Kendall Coleman yesterday. And there's not a worry in the world in regards to that. Maybe there is a touch of a worry in that regard to Tristan Jackson, although I don't think that's totally fair because we really have no indication right. to believe. We have not seen it. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. Is we don't know. This would have to be Brugler getting some sort of tip from someone. Exactly. A, a lot out in the ether somewhere that maybe there are some some character concerns. But yeah. by all intents and purposes, we haven't seen any. So right. that's the only assumption we can go off of. Yeah, and he had a couple head-scratching drops this year. It wasn't like he was super consistent, but then again, like his stats were tremendous, and I feel like I'm not doing him justice by saying he wasn't consistent at the same time. He was great with that little slant route too, and I think that's kind of a route that they went to a lot with him. He's definitely got the speed to go deep. I think he'll have to work on his hands a little bit. And just rounding out that route tree, getting to be a little bit better of a blocker, proving he can block at the size he's at. But, like, he's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. And it's very different from the other wide receivers that Syracuse has had come out recently because those are a little bit taller bodies. When you think of Jamal Custis, you think he'd be pretty good for, like, a fade route in the NFL or throwing one up. And he's not going to really juke people out in the open field. Steve Ishmael, kind of the same thing. Edatel, kind of the same thing. Jackson could be a slot type of guy in the NFL where you just get him the ball in space and you let him sort of do his thing. And obviously, I think that might actually be a little bit better because there's more of a role for that, I think, in sort of today's NFL than maybe the pass catcher lob towards the end zone type of fade route guy. I mean, this was a guy who at one point in time thought about walking onto the basketball team there is athleticism there off the charts and and these multi-sport athletes those are the guys you want at, at the receiver position because they can they can do a bunch of different things they can show the leaping ability and i know that that one of the things brugler says he needs to work on is that high pointing but there's obviously some sort of leaping ability in him if he thought that he could play Division one basketball. I'm not saying play, but like yeah. practice with a team and and keep up with some of those guys. So I think there's definitely yeah, you forget about that, <laughs> right? When he and, came, and yeah. yeah, when you look at the things that are laid out in sort of his weaknesses, I think a lot of them are very fixable for him. Yeah, and it, just given the the things that we saw again. The sample size on him is very small. He's got fewer than 100 college receptions, fewer than 90, actually. I don't think a lot of prospects in this draft are 
are below that number. I mean, if you had to ask me, of all the guys that get drafted, let's say Tristan gets drafted, I think that he might end up with the fewest receptions in college. Now, I I'm not well versed on everything NFL draft. I don't hey, you're know probably every right wide receiver you... prospect, but yeah. he he's gonna be there in terms of the fewest by anyone. Yeah, you can't go one and done necessarily. So you're right. you're probably onto something there. Anyway, I I do think he will get drafted. And as Brugler said, maybe fifth to sixth round. So I'd probably keep an eye out for him on Saturday, maybe Friday, if, like you said, the right team sort of eyes him up and he goes a little bit earlier than we're expecting. But Tristan Jackson will probably be one of at least two guys, I'd say, that will get drafted by Syracuse. We'll talk about that other guy, Alton Robinson, tomorrow as we get you set for the NFL draft, which is tomorrow now. Pretty crazy. Starts yeah, on Thursday. Right around the corner. Alton Robinson will be our topic tomorrow on the podcast as we continue these player profile series. Also, Syracuse did offer another center, and they're hot on the trail again with some big men. We might get into that a little bit tomorrow, depending on whether there's some more SU news in the meantime. But we will have you covered with whatever SU recruiting news, whatever NFL draft news there is all throughout the week here. You can find us every single weekday on Lockdown Syracuse. And for Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.